This is JFM Podcast. Critical issues are getting exposed for a better understanding on a daily basis. All I'm trying to say is that within Pangshin local government, from 1999 till death, we have never been to the Senate. Leading to critical social, political, and economic conversations by those who matter. If you chop alone, you will die alone. He did not chop alone. So it is his turn to chop. Today, look at the consequences. That is such a man that had the temerity, the audacity to talk to a governor whose state produced, produced the highest votes in 2015. In 2015, what happened to him? He insisted that his own boy would be governor. The best journalist are seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. As at the time that Solomon left office, that was in 1983, there was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously. Join Ponsak Fadel and Gilbert Joseph as they talk to those that matter to enable you grapple with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM. Very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. It's a beautiful Monday evening, 3rd of April, 2023. Uh, 4th of April. Okay. 4th. Okay. Mm -hmm. 4th of April. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Gilbert Joseph is here. How's the going? Yeah, good. A real pleasure to be back again. Yeah. Short weekend, short weekend, yeah. Well, the weekend was pretty long for me. Uh, Interesting, now you can understand. Yeah, I can understand. The, the, uh, I mean, uh, we, we we can't continue anything without having to do this. Just hold your breath a bit, a bit, one sec. Um, okay. It's the fact that it was your birthday, and um, the whole world needed to know, and the whole world needs to know, you know, how how much of a persona you are, and how much of an individual who believes in his conviction you are and um, how much you hold there the things you believe to be true. And um, I think this is one thing you must pick up in the next calendar, in the next phase of your life. Thank you. And stay true to your game, stay true to who you are, and then keep focus, keep working. And, of course, the blessings would be for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, sincere thanks to those who wished me a happy birthday yesterday. Uh, truly, it was really overwhelming. Um, you know, from family, ourselves, my mother, my sisters, my brother, uh, they all wish, although my brother was away, you know, his job will always make him to travel. Uh, so he wasn't, you know, available yesterday. But, you know, I felt the warmth and the love and, you know, to even neighbors, uh, I would like to thank especially Thunder. Uh, Thunder is a... I think hunters, right? Yeah, hunters. People hold, you know, these dang guns. Mm -hmm. uh, Bukuru Locals Junction, you know. Hunter is a very wonderful, fantastic, you know, guy that I met. And um, yesterday he did something very, very honoring to me. And I'm not going to mention it, mm -hmm. but he know uh, he knows exactly what he did. Uh, thank you very much, Thunder, for 
all that you do, providing security for community and ensuring that everybody goes to home, uh, goes home and they are in completely safe uh, together with your man, you know, keep on doing the uh, good job. Well, very interesting, but they will say, uh, you know what, <laughs> you know, very interesting. Yes, you deserve it. You deserve you know, it. Friends did me yeah. things that I, I truly didn't, because birthdays, you know, I don't make much noise on birthdays mm-hmm. because uh, for me, I, I consider it time to reflect, mm-hmm. you know, to true. think about Absolutely true. our life, to mm-hmm. think about where you're, where you're coming from, mm-hmm. where, you're where you're headed. headed. Yeah, so that uh, you stay on course. Mm-hmm. But thank you to all of my friends. I mean, they know themselves. Uh, from D. Charlie to Big Blonde uh, to uh, Barrister Samson to Nancy to uh, Awal Goal. He's, an, he's a poet, he's an author to um, um, Albert Albertini. You know, all of yesterday it was just, it was really memorable for me. And I say from the depth of my heart, now go there, now go there. Well, uh, Gilbert, what stories have you been following? I know that, I mean, the story of Raisa Rambunu Abok, mm-hmm. the court has directed that he be reinstated uh, and then the full emolument be paid to him mm-hmm. uh, together with two other members. A uh, member representing just South State Constituency, Honorable Dalio Fob Godson, mm-hmm. also known as Banga by Nature, mm-hmm. and uh, Honorable Peter TM. Yeah, a landmark judgment by every stretch of one's imagination. And for me, going forward, the problem lies in the fact that um, people do not understand what it means to play the game fairly. And already you're, you're beginning to hear some people trying to resist this judgment, mm. trying to call it something that is even non-existent or at best some rumors that are making the rounds and that is why you know the majority leader of the house categorically stated in his presser this afternoon after the judgment so i began to wonder what exactly and and it's 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 troubling when you hear that certain parties who are supposed to be a part of the case didn't even turn up at certain instances when you know hearing was going on mm-hmm. leading up to the judgment. So that is really terrible. And in a constitutional democracy, this is not what you want to hear. You know, people shouldn't just think that anything goes and that you know all of the time you continue to have your way. So, like I said earlier, going forward, the next sitting of the House, I'm just wondering the kind of events that would unfold at the State House of Assembly, because perhaps we'd end up seeing two speakers attempting to preside over plenary. I mean, the court has spoken. So, I I don't know, but here's the ruling party saying they are not aware of anything like that. Well, ignorance no be excuse for law. Yeah. If you say you don't know, that one will apply as long as, you know, uh, the court has sat, I mean, we should be law-abiding people. And if the legislature, they're supposed to be the bastion of the democracy coming out to even the majority leader saying that he doesn't know, it is, is that, I mean, that is not an excuse. Uh, and it's, for the majority to say, a leader to say that is coming from sheer ignorance, you know, because you were a party in that suit. So, uh, if judgment has been delivered and you say you don't know, you, you know, follow. <laughs> we should be a law, you know, follow. Sure. We should be a law abiding, you know, uh, people, Gilbert. And oh. congratulations to Right Horrible Noah Buck. But the question that I asked when the news broke out, mm-hmm. you know, I asked myself, I said, so what, was it worth it? 
how the executive you know ousted abok from a speaker was it worth it to what end that's where the question again okay. comes it, to, to them to them provided they have achieved whatever purpose it served in the course of the last few um, few years or months if you want to put it i think they've achieved they've achieved whatever it is they first thought out so it is you and every other right thinking member of the society who is not an actor in the polity that is just after the goods that democracy presents mm-hmm. that would keep asking this question was it worth it so it depends on the prism from which you're looking at this and from you know whatever vantage position you may be standing on so but one thing it is, yeah, yeah one thing i would like aradron will know about Ayuba to do is that uh, all of their bedroom gs with the executive you know this is the time to let it out in the public uh, because he doesn't have anything to lose right now this government has barely a month and he's not coming back you know an, as an elected representative of the people uh, so this is a time to let it out you know to let uh, plant two people know about you know some of the uh, romance that they've had uh you know if husband and wife you know fight the next thing you hear the wife <laughs> they will call the husband yeah yeah man wait wait so we want to see this rough for rough for fight right now uh between so that plato people will be uh better informed you know for example what other stories have you been following? It has to be, um, you know, the leak, the biggest of them all, the leak over the weekend of that, that audio leak between Bishop David Oyedepo and, of course, Peter Obi of the Labour Party, or the leader of the Labour Party, as it were. And certain things were just crossing, you know, through my notes. And one of them is, this is a, a, a presidential candidate who came thought in the presidential election yeah. that is undergoing, you know, all of these travels. So how much of a threat, in quote here, does he portend to the winners or the winner of the election? Yeah. And, you know, how much true is there in that leak, that audio? Because I first, I, I first listened, then I had to take a listen again. And then in the beginning, you hear the phone ring. You hear praise the Lord in the start of a phone conversation. I mean, Christian, you know, I, I don't know. I really do. So I've been trying to really connect that. But assuming it were true that that sort of conversation took place, mm. how much of a privacy does he have? Or how much of a privacy does Ponsaf Fanap have? Yeah, it's, I mean, those are some of the issues. Just like um, Sarah is telling the federal government to amend what they call cyber stalking. Mm-hmm. Recall Abba Jalingo is in court, mm-hmm. and I learned that today he has been granted bail. Uh, just for this issue of you know tapping, mm-hmm. wire tapping, yeah, well, like mm. I, I, and just like you know the argument, Julia, uh, Julian Assange, mm. is that journalism WikiLeaks. or yeah, is that journalism or uh, stalking? For Julian, quite frankly, quite frankly, because this are the issue. When, when when you go all out in investigative journalism, mm. you just know that it gets to where Julian Assange has gotten to, and that's where he is. So, ab initio, he may have sacrificed his freedom, knowing full well that the party had chosen could cost him his life for the betterment of society. Mm. You know, so and it's the reason why the former president of the U.S. and the current president of the U.S. kept agreeing before coming to office. And the fact that he should have been let go. And then when they get into office, he becomes actually, you know, um, a guilty person mm-hmm. as charged. So on this case, on this case, whoever did that leak, Bishop Oedepo versus Peter Obi, yeah. wasn't a journalist, certainly. 
Well, certainly. So we can't even hold brief for the person, or we can't even stand in the person's defense. Yeah, let's see how uh, how uh, that will pan out. But let's play this answer. Professor Wally Shoinka saying that Nigerians will not cease from demanding restructuring. When we come back, two guests are here, and we'll start the conversation. Stay here. Whoever it is must understand the fact that this country will not cease, the people will not cease demanding a restructuring of this nation. And the sooner it is addressed as part and parcel of the process of governance, of making laws, of debating, of even economic reforms, fiscal attributions, etc., etc., devolution of power within what is possible along the way, to the lower tiers of governance, in which I'm always more interested than, uh, than the, 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 the center. And so there must be that focus, the good governance, but also a view of the direction of society. If the two do not go pari passu, the income regime will fail, because um, new voices are being heard and they are more powerful than before. They are not just whining voices, you know. They are voices- or willing voices. <laughs> they are voices based on actualities. We have failed in so many directions and they are saying, this is, let us debate this particular direction. Let's try this direction. And you, you, you cannot ignore it. You just cannot, otherwise, even your economic policies will fail, your infrastructural transformations will fail. Uh, we'll just go back, trading the same old spore. Security, of course. This is part and parcel of the restructuring that we're talking about, you know. Security is at the heart of it. When you devolve the, the means, the, uh, the power and authority and equipment to the grassroots levels, you know, structured, of course, not just vigilantes or anywhere, you know, then uh, you begin, people begin to feel comfortable in their own homes. They begin to feel part and parcel of the security system. But if you sit in a rock, you know, with all the tanks surrounding you and think that, uh, yes, you can, well, the moment you, are, you can send some armored tanks there, I can send some there, yeah, you're going to fail. Security has got to be integrated. Just like food production, food distribution, you know, just like culture itself, security has got to become part and parcel of the cultural life of these people. And that's only, that will only happen through decentralization, a meaningful one. Well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Thanap. And I am Gilbert Joseph. We have two guests. We have Honorable Johnson Podar here with us. Uh, good evening. Thank you very much for coming. Long time no here and no see, but good to have you, sir. Evening, Yeah, we have uh, Prince Valentine Adesia, publisher of Reality Newspapers and owner of Reality uh, Radio Online. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming, sir. Thank you for having me, my guest. <laughs> uh, thank you. Rise on your beloved position. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let me start with Honorable uh, Podar. I mean, when you receive the news of uh, Right Honorable Noah Bog, I mean, the Korean state in him, and what the APC, the majority leader, you know, said, what was your reaction? Well, uh, first and foremost, let me congratulate Platoonians for the election that have just been concluded, that we elect, the governor-elect Mutfang has been elected by Plato people. 
And we, I want to congratulate Plato because they have already expressed their mind. They have already come together to prove to them that, uh, to prove to the country that at least they needed a change, and they have gotten exactly what they want. Congratulations to all Plato people, and then even to the governor-elect. I pray and wish him well. And then uh, the way the celebration took on, you can see that almost everywhere cut across the state, meaning that everybody was yearning and questing for a change. So I hope he will give a purposeful leadership that tomorrow you can say that, yes, Plato people should be proud of saying that they have voted somebody into power, that it was what they wanted. So congratulations. Um, and to all the elected House of Assembly members, if you remember, we sat down here, I tell you, a referendum has been made. I told you that uh, it's going to be 17 over 7. Yeah. 17 over 7. And if you look at it, it is still 17 of over course. 7. So if I were to be a prophet, they would have said, at least I'm a prophet. Probably some people would have been coming to my house to say that, let me prophesy. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was a referendum, which we know. And Plato people have spoken. In respect of what really happened to Abok, there, there's a statement that said that justice delay is not justice denied. And to me, I felt... It's a very wonderful thing that at least we can still feel that the judiciary, though it took a longer time, this could have come earlier by before now, but the most important is that it has come as a reference point. And the moment you have a reference point, no matter how it is, people still believe that a reference point has been put, has been put in place, and tomorrow it might not repeat itself again. So congratulations to Abok. And whatsoever the case may be, even if it is for one day, history will keep record that he, has, he was wrongly removed, and then he has been brought back by the legal, by the judiciary, and the executive cannot just you know that when you start using executive rascality, the moment you do, it's going to be a judgment against your leadership, because the question is that you are a governor. These are all the wrong things that you have done, and people will use it against you. And sometimes you will see that the worst part is that the governor is is even a legal person that is coming from the judiciary. So if you come and then look at some of the things that he uses excesses as an emperor or as a king or a, a executive power, then you will discover that. You start looking at, how did I do this? You understand? Because, you know, they say that the moment you are in power, sometimes you become very intoxicated, more than even an alcoholic son of a thing. So, Abok is back. And whether you like it or not, he has been pronounced a speaker. Back to his seat. So, it's left for whether they have had it, whether they have not. They will be served adequately. So, whether the majority leader have heard of it or he have not, he will be served. And the moment he is served, they are the legislators, they legislate the house, and then the judiciary is to checkmate. So as far as they are concerned, if you are propagating a law that you don't want to respect, then we have three arm of government. So the other arm have said what you did was wrong. So let's see whether they will be magnanimous enough to, to respect the court order. All right, Prince Valentine, how did this come to you? And does this have anything to do with the fact that the current administration is running out of time and that's why we're having to see this sort of judgment in the magnitude that it's come to be? And was that in your book an academic exercise? No, it's not an academic exercise. Uh, let me start this way. Uh, you know, I always tell people here that there's a lot of secret in government. Mm -hmm. And uh, here we are again being tailored by another judgment. The fact here is that um, there's still time to go back to office. Our book is going back to office. And... Um, if you look at the prayers and what Abok asks the court to decide on or to answer, you will understand that the court really took its time. First, you look at the timing of the sitting that ousted him out of office, the number of the people who allegedly did not form quorum, 
who also ousted him from office. Among other issues that are rules of the house, it will tell you that those who removed him were totally wrong. And that is why the court captured it as illegal. And that is why it's also null and void. So it's very, very clear. Mm. Now, about going to the office, also, it's also bringing another political you know, issue. Well, as a, as a investigative journalist, you will discover that Abok and those who hosted him, all of them have lost their elections. So most of them are not <laughs> they are neither going here mm-hmm. nor going there. Mm-hmm. So, but to him, you must give kudos to the lawyers. When the lawyers started pursuing this process or pursuing this case, people thought they were just wasting their time. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that they even got more than they were anticipating. All they wanted is that Abon was not impeached so that he can has, have a future career to pursue within the political setting. But it To went, clear his name. To yes, say. just to clear his name, among other issues. That was what they told us they wanted. But it went further. Because when the court saw that there were a lot of lacunas in the action that hosted him out of office, they felt they need to return him. And you know, of just like I was discussing with the Excellency here, I, I said there is no particular political party provided in the laws that will say this is the person who will become the speaker. All they need is to talk of the votes the within the House. So he's going back. And if they plot again, like I told him, they want to remove him, they, it will be difficult. Because that same to Todd, they will still not get it. Get it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and especially now it. that you now have a governor-elect from the PDP you know, family. Uh, family. Uh, but another thing I'm confused about is, is will I say Abok is now PDP or will I say it's still APC? That will be in the subsequent uh, edition. You know, we'll try to know exactly which political party now at the end of the day will he say he is, you know, stepping on that uh, uh, high seat of the speaker. These are the issues. So I was not surprised because we saw the prayers. We knew that some of those prayers... But he is now of the PDP. Are you talking about the context the of, of this judgment? No, in the House of Assembly. Okay, as at the, the time, house. in retrospect now, Yes, he I was, have. He was All an right. APC All right. while he was a speaker. Mm-hmm. Now, they say restate <laughs> him. So when you reinstate, is he, are you restating him only as a speaker and not a member of the APC? Mm-hmm. So you understand. Yes. So there's a, a serious issue. And um, is the campaign wasn't on the floor in the House because they have a tradition mm-hmm. which they also follow. So probably when he gets to the House, he will decamp. But then the heat comes on the clerk of the House. The clerk of the House who deliberately assisted them to sit on that day. I have a history. You recall during the, uh, the era of Darier when they were moves to impeach him. You recall that, uh, what is that his name again? He was the Palm Security, you know, currently in this Lalong uh, government. He refused. He refused to constitute, uh, to call for such sitting because that is his own power when you know things are done wrongly. Mm-hmm. But this one is a, is a clerk of the house and he gave up all his rights. So the, when Abba goes back, one will look at how he handles this issue. More also, maybe with time, I'll bring it up and see how many of the staff of the House of Assembly are already complaining. Immediately, they remove Abok as a speaker. A lot of them were being frustrated. So Abok should also look at those things if actually he's coming back for the interest of the plateau people. But, yeah, okay, uh, Honorable Poda, but how about uh, the vandalization of the House of Assembly? Do you think that Abok should take? Because there hasn't been any explanation in that regard. Yeah, that is exactly what Val is saying, that mm. uh, for the sake of Plateau, mm. like you really say that if, if you have a problem, 
the moment you fight with your wife, she should start talking about some of you are, you are a useless man, yeah, you, don't, yeah. you are not responsible, you are this and that, but the society look at you at a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, Abo has been given back the mandate to go back to be the Speaker of Plateau State House of Assembly. Whether the, whether the hall was bad, how much have they put in there? Was it approved in the House? How did they approve it? Did, was it an open tender? Was it a contract? Who bid it for the contract? Was it advertised? All these are things that Abu have to look into it and then bring it back to the to the behalf of the plateau people. And then secondly, the truth, like like, like Val is saying, the law does not say that you must be an APC member before. Once the Tutat uh, elected you, whether you are in PDP, whether you are in APC, the fact still remains is that you are a member of the house. Yeah. You are a member of the house. You look at it. When, what happened in the United States of America? The contest, I think they have to uh, cast for vote for speaker five times, seven, or six, seven, seven times, just to get a speaker because they wanted to see that the leader must match, regardless of whoever, wherever you are coming from. The most important thing is that you are already elected into the house. So Abok is a member of the House of Assembly from Plateau State, and the law is saying that go back as a speaker. The, the, the law did not say we were removed as a House of Assembly member from APC or PDP. He's going back as a speaker, sit down on that exalted position. And then the question now is that those that which horn him and try to frustrate him, mm. let him use that office to tell them that, okay, you people have done your own. The law has brought me back. Yes. And let's look at it rightly. The issue of there's no coaching of corners. And to crown it all, whether you like it or not, the, 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 the die is cast. Mm. And presently, Speedy Peter is coming on board. So if he's even correcting it, then he's correcting a party that he has identified with because something was fundamentally wrong with APC. And so somebody was fundamentally wrong, that was why he was going back to PDP. How and much, that thing how that much? makes him feel that something was wrong, let him correct it, let him bring it to the hearing of the new governor elect so that the governor elect now can bring it, even if to set a committee. Because certainly the the government that is exiting must be able to account for some things that they have done, whether rightly or wrongly. Because it has to be done. So that tomorrow there should be services. If you are called to serve a state, or if you are given an opportunity to serve, you should serve well. Because you will be judged. Because that opportunity has been given to you. How much do you think has this impacted the people of Plateau State in terms of governors now, to the best of your knowledge? You can see, there was no government. That is why the people rebelled. That's why the people voted against it. Because there was nothing. You understand? You, you, the, the mindset of Palatu people has been met. They were ready to change. They have protested. They have complained. They have cried. Have you ever seen where a corpse that you would respect? Do you know what it means? That my brother will die. And somebody will tell me that you want to carry my brother's corpse and take it to the House of Assembly, take it to God. Is that is dehumanizing. But I, I, if I can allow that, then you can understand the provocation that it was in the mind of the plateau man. That it has never happened. It's a history. It's a record that goes with Lalong for life. Even his children will come and hear that record. That he has done something that was worse in the history of this country. So the question is left for Abok. If he chooses to be a gentleman and refuse to tell Plato, then it's left for him. Because the question now is that we will ask him a question. If he will sit down on that exalted position and cannot bring us some of the things that are wrong, then we can say that, okay, he is not worthy to be even a, a, to, to, to be fighting for. Like, like, like what Val said, the lawyers wanted to clean his name. Justice. In a clean his name, just to prove that he was not an impeached speaker. That he was a speaker for Plato, and that he left as a speaker with integrity. Mm. So like, the question now is that, let him now prove that yes, 
I was standing for plateau. And I was removed for plateau. And this was the reason why I was removed for plateau. And plateau people, you need to know. And these are the things. Put it on the table. The government that is coming is your government. The government that is coming is a government that plateau people wanted it to be on board. The government that is coming is a government that plateau people want it to be investigated. You understand? I have a list of a debt. Plateau said about 190-something billion. Yeah. Debt of 190-something billion. And if you cannot point for me a project of 10 billion naira, and you are telling me that you are indebting a state, a generation yet unborn. We have to ask. We need to know. You see, this, this, this judgment is, is coming by way of originating someone. I published the, the, the case that time. Okay. And I know openly that uh, it is with immediate effect. I keep hearing story when I was coming. Now, yeah. That yeah. there are people. Uh, who are, yes. Right. He, uh, the majority leader said yes. they would apply for a they stay of execution. Too. Yes. yes He's right. saying they would apply for a stay of execution. <laughs> so how much will that affect <laughs> you know, the business like that. That of lawmaking? talking from an ignorant position. <laughs> the, the fact here is that it, is, it came by originating someone and uh, it takes effect immediately. immediately. So it, there's no two ways about it. Uh, it, no, it's not, it does not uh, stop them from going for an appeal. appeal. They can go for an appeal, but the fact is you have to obey before any other thing. So it's very, very clear. Uh, uh, and I want, to, I want you to understand that Nigerians, mm -hmm. after this 25th election of March, right? In February. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's February. February. Yeah, February. Sorry, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of things have gone wrong. Mm -hmm. Citizens are now fighting the security because of the ground of legitimacy. This is the biggest problem. As I speak to you this afternoon, there was serious shooting and everything in, in Aba. Yeah. And even here in... Uh, no, I'm coming, I'm going to be state by state. Very sad. You go to Kaduna, you see citizens fighting security. You go to, uh, 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 um, where do you say that? Say, Nasarawa. You see citizens fighting security. But in Plato here, it is unknown citizens that were fighting security. So you, <laughs> you cannot really class them. So a lot of things are going wrong. We anticipate a situation where law is made to curb these kind of incidences. And when it, when it, it is within the law where they are supposed to create this law, manufacture the law itself, which is the House of Assembly, we still have this kind of unsettled issue or the way forward. Then it becomes very frightening where a majority leader will woke up and say, no, we will go and look for a stay Stop. so that the man will not come in. Then we'll continue with uh, legislation. I think it, it doesn't hold water. Mm -hmm. like, I, like I rightly said, the clerk of the House should be the eyes of Plato people. He has done one before, which is by allowing an illeg illegality. He was partisan. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time he goes for the next one, it will be terrible. Let me give you some example. Do you know that some of the staff of the Plateau State House Assembly, who are supposed to, who are trained legis uh, uh, legislative draft uh, experts, mm. you need to see how they have destroyed their processes. You need to see how they are unpaid. You need to see a lot of for a frustration within the House of Assembly that are not being told. We will come out with those stories. We'll be waiting for this judgment. So we'll come out with a lot of stories so that you will understand. We will bring out the rules of the House. That is what we want to use in educating plateau people. If Abok, when he resumes, refuse to tell plateau people what has been going on, then we will do that for him. All right. Well, uh, uh, let's talk about the unfortunate incident in Terminus. One too many right now. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Is it accidental discharge or, I mean, what will prompt a policeman fire a rifle 
and then the bullet hitting an innocent person innocent. completely in the shop. The only the son shop. of his parents. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's very, very unfortunate. And you know, we just have to sympathize with the family because this is what you call an unfortunate mob. You are not even inside anything. Yeah, a bullet just hit you in your shop. For some people, you know, and, and, and the story is that uh, you are just chasing after this Napeb. Uh, has there been any law even about this Napeb in Plateau State? That is the question now. Because they have always been there. The town Okada, has got, Okada riders. The, the Okada riders. Because when you look at it, even within the town, it's so rowdy. There's nothing coordinating. So I don't even really know what the policemen are doing there. Because when you go there, you, there's nowhere for you to park. The major road people are already selling there. Hawkers are there. The main market has already been given out, maybe for political campaign that never worked. Because people are busy building tents and all this thing that will be removed within a second. So I, I, when you look at it, what laws? What, what really took the police there? That is the simple truth. Because uh, it's just, it's, it's, you cannot even comprehend it. Why are you firing? firing for me? And you are firing. Firing a live bullet inside a market. Not even inside a, 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 a densely populated area. Firing a live, live, live bullet. That is wrong. It's unprofessional. You see, this cashless society should continue. When the, the cashless society was hitting every Nigerian, you discovered that even road safety disappeared from the road. Of course. The moment this, <laughs> you see, sorry, I, 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 I feel pain when I discuss this country. You understand? You know, it was on this ground we said there were so many laws in Plateau, and each law operates on a particular place. And this is on one of it. The question here is that the law is that you don't just shoot randomly as a policeman, especially on the crowd. You are not under any threats. You understand? There are rules of engagement. Of course. And we anticipate a situation where within the last four, five hours, the police will have come out openly to tell the public that this is what is going on. Because it is an engagement within them and the citizens. And all they are paid for is to save the lives of citizens, not to take their lives. So I think we should go beyond this to see that uh, the, the police had an opportunity. I don't know if you have their number. We will have called them so that they understand the situation. The, 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 um, yeah. the PPRO hasn't been picking his phones. He hasn't been picking his phones. But let's look at how much you think needs to be done in terms of getting justice for victims such as this from the answers of recent memory. Have you been so satisfied with the manner in which these types of incidents have been handled? And have the answers got injustice? This, this is a beautiful question. Let, let, let me take you memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> Police officers, um, military officers, I think they are, they are, they are Air Force officers, huge, including a, a, an award winning you know, pilot, took off from our Nigerian airport. And in less than 30 minutes, it went into one of those lagoons. And several of these officers, including their family members, all of them perished in 1992. As I speak to you, they have not given us details of what that thing happened. Because the report of what happened to today has not been made known. We saw the killings, Apple killings. We saw how the whole trajectory went. As I speak to you, no information. We go back to plateau killings within the Riyom Aziz, where journalists were covering. We saw ID cards of security people. As I speak to you, no mention of how they dealt with the person in the ID card. Look at human rights angles. 
the, the, the police, the army, and the rest have been dragged to court. Several, and several awards have been given for compensation. 10 million, 5 million, 3 million. As I speak to you, none have been compensated. You see, we, we live in a, in a country where it's like people decide for us, not the constitution works. Not the laws of this country that works. If, if all those flight officers can lose their life and the report is not in public up to this hour, you think it's a minor killing like this? Because every life in Nigeria is supposed to matter. But each day we wake up, we just take these things as news. And this is where I also fault us as journalists. You recall the crash of a former DIG? Cardinal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Here in Plateau. In Plateau. As I speak to you, nobody had gone to know those children who were there, those families who suffered the crash. Nobody. And so I blame journalists for not continuing it. And this is how this one will also go. Because it's just a one-time piece. And it's a big ghetto. This is not what the Constitution wants us to do. The laws of this profession does not want us to stop as if we are doing a, we are doing a transaction. <laughs> so, my brother, the, 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 the police should have a human face. And this is why you see all this community policing, all these programs they are bringing. It's for the police to have a human face. Because the way they were structured was only to protect the executive, those whom they work for. But that is not what we anticipate. We, saw a, we want a police that will have a human face, that will know that this is how to handle citizens, that will know that they are going to an election pol uh, uh, polling station with just sticks or their uniform. Because legal, uh, when you see people and people see you as being, you know, they respect your authority, they will not misbehave. So the situation we have in the country today is that of citizens versus the security. And I don't think it's better. Well, let's talk about uh, the National Assembly. Right now, there's scramble for who gets what, how, and where when it comes to uh, principal officers. People are beginning to raise issues about, you know, same faith ticket, and uh, others are saying that uh, there shouldn't be uh, same faith, you know, in the National Assembly, so to say. But others still are saying that, no, during the time of Abbasanjo, during the time of Gulag Jonathan, these things happened, but nobody said anything. Podar, uh, will you, what's your own thought? What, what are some of your ideas, you know, for your party to ensure that uh, there's issue of balancing, for example? Yeah, actually, you see, the truth about the whole matter is that right now, the party is struggling to see that they zone the positions to various zones. That's the six geopolitical mm -hmm. zones. So automatically, it has already been zoned. Some are proposing and agitating that the Senate president should go to the southeast. Some are looking at it maybe south-south. The north, north central is looking for maybe speakership. And then some people are saying they have the chairman of the party. So all those things, uh, SGF is thinking about Northwest, chief of staff is uh, the other one wants to hold it. So the question right now simply remains is that it is after the zoning, then you start talking about maybe Fed basis. Because once it is not yet zone, you don't, you don't talk about the Fed. And you know, to me, I just felt as a person. Well, as there are chances the APC can zone this or it will throw it open as many. No, for fairness, for balance of, of, of fair representation from all the six geopolitical zones, the party has to zone every 
principal offices to all the six geopolitical zones so that everybody will feel represented. That is the most important thing now because we are talking about fairness. The issue now that he's trying to raise again is that he's talking about the faith, the faith basis, whether Muslim, Muslim, or this, that, and that. In fact, the issue of religion only comes when people feel that you are not representing me. Ordinarily, religion should not be a problem for us. It should have been a, a something that should be we should be thinking about. Can you represent us? Does he have the quality? Do you have the capacity to represent the country? But because of the injustice that is being inflicted on everybody, that's why people want to look at your religion. I was telling somebody that, okay, even if you look at it, if you are talking about religious, some kind of a thing, the Muslim-Muslim ticket, or even when Bari came in as a Muslim, who are the people pushing Wilbaro down the street? You see, it's mostly in the northern Nigeria. Who are the people cutting fingernails? All are the people fetching water and they think, it's the same lot. So the question now is that, why, where have the religion helped some of them, taking them out of the street? Street begging. There's, the, the religion have not taken them out from begging. The religion have not taken them out from even doing the manual job that is down, down the street. The question simply remains that do we have somebody who have a capable hand that can represent us and then have the mindset of a Nigerian? You understand? Yeah, yeah. Like, like Val just said now, for example, I was trying to say this analysis and this analogy that you are bringing down is supposed to be the journalist that will guide us. But the, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. He is someone that doesn't compromise. He said, we have failed. As journalists, because they are, he has all these things. He was giving us the analysis. The and when he was giving down the round down, it means that all these things are in his pocket. But he has refused to give it to the masses. He has refused to tell us or to educate us. And now that he's just mentioning them, they were coming. It is something that I'm aware of it. And it's something that it is the journalists that will give us the awareness so that the civil society now will talk about it. Because the moment they don't have what to hold, tomorrow they will say, this can be held against you. But when you are getting an information from an institution that is recognized, Val Reality is a registered organization. So at any point in time, if he's given an, uh, an information, he's sure that he's given an information that is authentic because he can be sued. So at any point in time, if I'm using a reference, I say, yes, I saw it as social so, uh, media. But the journalists just kept it to themselves. The, the only thing is that once it is happening, you hear it. After two days, three days, it is okay. down the grave. Prince Val, are you of the view that since uh, it's Muslim-Muslim, because this is one of the arguments being pushed forward, that Muslim-Muslim should head the executive arm, while Christian-Christian heads the legislative arm. <laughs> Are you of that, you know, school of thought? I, I, I'm not. I, I, I've always looked at capacity. But would you be shocked at a Muslim Senate president? I will not. Okay. I will not. Because uh, you are seeing the, uh, the game is playing out already. I hope you understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Ole Shoinka said, until we restructure this country, we are leading to a no market. Because if you look at the Constitution, this is Section 14 or something, it talked about people becoming loyal when you make things inclusive. In a country that has over 250-something million tribes and population, and you feel religion should determine the way they coexist, the way they stay in the house, you know, it, it, it's faulty. This is my take. And since that of the presidency succeeded, this is where we are getting the bang. And that is why Nigerians are afraid. You understand? Because Nigeria now, the determinant, is now turning towards religion. And that means that if I'm an office and I'm a Christian, every other person that will be employed, you know, within the, it should be a Christian. This is where we are going. And it will not be that, okay, at the end of the when you come back to the private sector, it will be Muslim, okay, employ only Muslim. <laughs> so you, you are looking at the effect only on that, but it goes down. 
It goes down because the trust will now remain on religious ground, no more ethnic ground. You understand? And it is shaky. Nigeria needs unity. Nigeria needs a progress. Nigeria needs to restore state its economy. A situation where people are not inclusive, they withdraw their hands. And at the end of the day, it is the masses that will suffer. All right. And let me just... Uh, okay. Sorry, uh, if you look at it, about 90-something people, 95 or 96, registered for this election. Barely less than 24 or 30,000 million people voted, meaning that the, pop, that, the, 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 that the majority refused to vote. The majority did not come out to vote. And at any point in time, if there's the slightest mistakes, the country will go into fire. Because right now, a mistrust has been created. You understand? So if somebody was advising uh, Tinubu, the president-elect, he said, if I were you, I will allow out the SGF, the, S, uh, the chief of staff, the senate president, and the speaker to be within the order fate, so that your government can be trusted. Because if your government is not trusted, if any policy go contrary to what oh, people have already perceived, honestly, like, like, like my brother said here, it's going to be seriously a problem that the security cannot contain. Because presently, the silence of Nigeria about this election is even pregnant. Nobody knows where we're heading to. All right, well, people are talking about uh, transition, uh, uh, interim government, interim government. Uh, this and that and that. The DSS is saying that they have unveiled uh, the uh, security that they are going to do this. Federal government has come to say, that no, there's nothing like this. So, at the end of the day, you see, they are creating unnecessary panic, yeah. unnecessary suspicion, yeah. and automatically, a lot of people are already aggrieved. You understand? So, and, and most of the politics of, of, of 2023 was basically more of religion. All right, well, let's open the phone lines in case just tune in. We've been having a chat with uh, Honorable Johnson Podar and Prince Valentine and JP. You can join the conversation, 81 uh, or you call 90 On Facebook at JFM Live and on Twitter at JFM Joss. Let's start uh, taking uh, calls with this. Hello. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from Chicha and Chijongshan. Well, listen, thanks for calling, Sadiq. Yes, um, I want to comment your guest. You have spoken very, very well. And uh, my comment is, the, is the, on the issue of the returning back of Abok as the speaker. Actually, it's very, very recommended. Seeing that he's very, very patient, he did not cause any problem the time that they saw him as a speaker. Well, that is the benefit of. Uh, being a patient person, but uh, we are calling on him also as a as a person that becomes to PDP. He should hold his ground on PDP and also calling on the PDP family. They should accept him as a speaker. And if he is eligible to be the speaker in the Senate Assembly, I think he's good to go. And lastly, it is very very unfortunate the things that happened in terminals. Just tell you that there is something that is going wrong with our police or with our security in last. Because there is no how you are in the market and you'll be shooting anyhow. So those police that do this thing, we are hoping that they should be arrested. Because it's not thing that we can say that it's a good thing. They cannot kill that innocent person like that. And they will go free like this. So let the government do what it's supposed to be. So that they can arrest that police and they will do what it's supposed to be. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you uh, too, Sadiq. Let's take this. Hello. Hello. Good evening. 
Thank you for calling. Good evening. Very good evening, Bozak. Thank you for calling. Tell us your name and join the conversation. Well, I'm great comrade. I don't want to Thank you for calling. I'm calling to We're listening. Thank you very much. Another great thing has happened on the plateau. I'm What goes around, goes around. Most of people, two so people, it is real. It's real. That comes to reality. For that, you know, Ayubago was supposedly impeached, illegally, falsely, false from the House of Assembly as a speaker because of some, some, some very greedy set of two people. But I want to say this. I want to advise Ayubago. To do the needful, if it comes on the sea, do the needful. I know, I know, I know, it's a sort of the star and a golden sort of plateau. We on the plateau, we like him, for his sarcotism. I want to believe that God has done his own. We are celebrating his coming back as the speaker of the plateau House of Assembly. And I want to believe, I want all the plateau house members to support him, give him support. He will plan evil, evil will harm him. Those who plan for this supported impeachment, it has happened. Thank you very much. Another great thing has happened, and I believe we'll continue to witness this and more development is coming on board. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you very much. much. Yeah. Let's go to Facebook. On Facebook, Kenneth Sampson is saying, Good evening, presenters. Abok is not a rubber stamp politician. He has plateau at heart, and that is why he was illegally impeached. But today he was reinstated by the court. I think I can confidently say we have partial hope in our judiciary now. Steve Tongpanzulong says, Good evening, Posak. Gilbert and the two guests in the studio, you have all spoken well. Wonders shall never end. Um, court judgment is granted. Plateau State House of Assembly. Majority leader is claiming ignorant. It's a thing of surprise. I pray the judgment will be obeyed by the Ninth Assembly on the plateau. I come in peace. Chester P- Philip says, Good evening, Ponsac and Gilbert. Congratulations to the People's Speaker for the victory. And God has done it for him. Shame to those who ganged up against him. Thank God none of them is returning back to the assembly. Bala Julius John says Governor Lalong was so obsessed with power and felt he could do anything. Well, the court remains the last hope of the common man indeed. It shows justice can only be delayed but certainly won't be denied. Congratulations, Right Honorable Abok, the People's Speaker. Sankira Marcos says, even in Ponsak, Abok is the chosen one for the people while Sanda was of the government. Democracy on the move. In PDP, we move by God's grace. You're saying, Passion Pell Mullah says, I believe it's the prayer and voice of the masses that has come to be. Ambassador Joachim Joseph Dung says, This judgment in favor of Abok has clearly shown that justice delayed can never be denied. It's just time. Hashtag the future is now. Smart AK says, Good evening, Sunset. To me, it is indeed a huge disservice to the entire plateau state. It clearly shows the great level of greed that has stolen the hearts of our leaders, which cannot allow them to see beyond their eyebrow, not to even talk of the future. It is indeed a pity. Sunday, Moses AVAV says, Good evening, JFM. The reinstatement of Abok Ayuba by the court is a welcome development. He fought it in the interests of plateau people. It's very unfortunate that we have a governor who fought against the interests of his people. Gideon Kira says, Good evening, JFM. I will say a big kudos to the judiciary. Being okay, all right, thank you. Wang Ebendavo Gomna says, 
Kai Jama. This is Nigeria. It's sad that this case was in court since 2021 and the judgment is just coming today. I pray that this is a new turn on our judiciary to be independent and absolute. God bless Plato. Dimas Bala says, congratulations to Nuhu Abok and Plato State House of Assembly. Lies and propaganda will always end, but truth will always prevail. Thank God we have removed the robust town House of Assembly. Plato State is now on a good path. Well, thank you to all of you. Uh, gentlemen in the house, give your responses uh, and your final word. I mean, you've heard from what uh, uh, the audience are saying. It's like everybody is happy with about coming back. Anybody can go first. Well, uh, you know, myself and Abok. <laughs> yeah, but let, let me ask you this question, uh, yes. Prince Valentine. How true is it that uh, the PDP, I mean, what happened in Zamfarami before the PDP in Plato State? Uh, you think that's a story for this few minutes? No, just maybe yes or no. Or... Okay, let me put it this way. Yeah. There was a case, and that case is, a, is that case of um, election. It took from the lower court to the appellate arm of it, yeah. and then at the end of the day, it saw itself spring. You know. But the conditions under which uh, those uh, candidates were gotten within the Electoral Act of uh, 2011, which was amended in 2015, is different from that which is on now. Secondly, there was a case in court, the same lower court, where some persons from the PDP went to the court so that the court itself would sack Honorable Chris Hassan Hassan and the rest. But the court affirmed that their election was perfect. Mm-hmm. So, and that has been the bone under which this other case moved up to the Supreme Court. It was Kunda who brought all these things up through the application or the filing process of the APC. They brought it and said what they, what they want the PDP to interpret, or sorry, what the PDP wants the court to interpret is that judgment of Justice Gang. Whereas it was not PDP who initiated that. It was the APC. But the judge took it upon himself, Somoto, and said that he has no powers or grounds to interpret the judgment of his, you know, uh, 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 his own colleague, who is a judge, because they are on the same level of courts. But when he went further in other pages, he took time and dived into, into the same judgment and gave interpretation. And that's why some of us were worried. But when he went to the court of appeal, the court of appeal also affirmed because they were looking at the lower court judgment. Yeah. So finally, what I'm saying here is there's another court judgment. It is that court judgment that people still don't understand that it exists. We are saying it exists. They say the election of Chris Hassan and others was okay. Well, Maybe I don't know that. Yeah. He said, I'm a lawyer by training. I'm over 30 years at the bar. I know my onions. I know my onions. And at the moment, there is no legal action anywhere in any court that is threatening my emergence as the governorship candidate on the PDP of the PDP. And eventually, as the governor-elect. Let me reassure the people of Plateau State that God, who has brought us this far, has already defended his victory. He will continue to defend his victory. 
and then ultimately the mandate will serve the interests of Plateau State people. Thank so you. automatically, there is virtually no single case in respect of this election before the governor. The one that people are talking of is the Plasek, PDP Sue Plasek, for yeah. not including the local government chairman to conduct election. It's completely like Val said before the Electoral Act of 2022. Right. They as amended Electoral Act, if you don't have an interest, you cannot even sue. Right. So the people... That is a pre-primary election. If only they can go to court. Maybe if Nentaway will go to court challenging the election. That free. is different. They, they are free. free. Okay. More so, <laughs> Nenta is still in court. Before the Supreme Court, okay. that he is not a candidate. So there's a tendency that he might not even be a candidate. Thank you very much. Well, uh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the, voice, the voice of the people has spoken. <laughs> and, and, and please let me just use this opportunity to just tell Plateau people congratulations. Mm. And the Plateau Project too. That is to tell anybody that is coming as a leader that Plateau Project 1 succeeded. Plateau Project 2 succeeded. succeeded. So every other person, including the governor-elect, as you are coming, come as a servant of the people. Thank you. Don't make yourself an emperor or a king. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, gentlemen. Uh, well, I would like to wish my dear brother a happy birthday. That is Barrister J.K. Chris. I mean, we share the same birthday with him, uh, with his daughter, uh, Kiki. Uh, and Michelle, the daughter of uh, the DG, uh, that is Joshua Hitler Pajok, and his father, uh, Mr. Joshua Hastrop Pajok. Happy birthday to all of you. Well, do have a good evening. The news will come your way top of the hour, 6 o'clock by now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. This is JFM Podcast.